It's the Broadway Hour. I'm Larry Sutton of the New York Daily News. Join me for an inside look at New York's music and theater scene. Tonight, from Kiss of the Spider Woman, we've got Mimi. We've got Shady's right here, Mimi Church. She is Molina's mother, and we'll hear a selection from the show's cast album as well. From Arcadia, Tom Stoppard's intriguing new play at Lincoln Center. We've got Lisa Baines, also known as Lady Croom, and John Griffin, who plays Augustus Coverley. And we've got some more, more music from Smash Broadway musicals. We've got Charles Strauss here. You know him from a number of top Broadway shows, including uh, Annie, including Applause. And he will be here with Hadassah Markson a little later on to tell us about their work at the Lyrics and Lyricists series at the 92nd Street Y. And we have Jeff Harner here. If you read a review in the Daily News last week, you'll know that he's doing a wonderful job down at 88's where he's paying tribute to the music of the 50's. Uh, he's also paying tribute to the music of Condon and Green and Vincent Minnelli and George Gershwin as well. Well, we'll get a sneak preview right here live at the Broadway Hour. And we have still more music. We will have Irving Fields here giving us a preview of his act, which he's taking to the Havana Rio Supper Club right on Broadway and 54th Street. And of course, there's more, much more. We've got the latest news of the Great White Way on our Broadway update. Stick around for the Broadway Hour Trivia Contest, where you will have a chance to win tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers. But that is only if you are an expert on the history of Broadway. So get a pencil and paper ready, and a little later on, we will tell you how to enter. Now on with our show, our producer, Kate McGrath, our engineer, Chris Breedfeld, are ready to roll up at the uh, mighty, mighty piano here at the Sheraton Hotel with Alex Rybeck on piano. We've got Jeff Hart and Jeff's going to sing, and we'll chat with him after that. When you feel as low as the bottom of a well And can't get out of the mood Do something to perk yourself up And change your attitude Give a tug to your tie, put a crease in your pants But if you really want to feel fine Give your shoes a shine When there's a shine on your shoes There's a melody in your heart A singable happy feeling A wonderful way to start To face the world every day With a dee da dee die die Little melody that is making the worrying world go by when you walk down the street to a happy-go-lucky beat you'll find a lot in what I am repeating when there's a shine on your shoes there's a melody in your heart what a wonderful way to start the now there's the shine that you get in the barber shop When the barber's going ziggy ziggy zig with his strop There's the shine that you get in the Pullman car When the train is going chuggy 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 Going far away There's the shine that you get on a ferry boat When the water's going wishy-washy 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 There's the shine that you get in a schoolroom The shine that you get in a pool room But it doesn't matter where you get it It'll do a lot of good if you let it A little bit of polish will abolish what is bothering you When there's a shine on your shoes There's a melody in your heart What a wonderful way to start the day now this is our big 
Bob Fosse dance break for those of you listening at home. Ryback on the piano. And it's too bad it's radio, because that dance number he did was just phenomenal. If only you could have seen <laughs> I'm a little winded from all that choreography. <laughs> now, Jeff is playing down at 88, and he's, you've got a variety of shows there. In fact, two shows going on uh, yes. every week. What, what do you do down there, Jeff? Well, actually, what you just heard is a selection from our Thursday night show. We're doing four different shows, four different nights of the week. Wednesday night is our tribute to Comden and Green. It's a show we called Carried Away. Uh, Thursday night, the song you just heard is from Dancing in the Dark, Vincent Minnelli's Hollywood. And of course, a lot of the movie music from Vincent Minnelli's movies was taken right from Broadway, and thus you have Shine on Your Shoes by mm -hmm. Dietz and Schwartz. Our Friday night show is called Gershwin's Hollywood. It's all music from the five original film scores that the Gershwins did for Hollywood. And our Saturday night show is brand new to us. It's called Off the Record, 50s Gold, and it's all... Uh, Music that uh, holds a very special place for me in my heart because it's music I listened to while I was growing up. We should let our so. listeners know, too, that Jeff uh, Harner is, of course, a winner two times of the Manhattan Association of Cabaret uh, of Best Vocalists, I believe. <laughs> now, do, you, do you get plaques? What do you get when you win that? You get applause <laughs> in the <laughs> lobby of the Sheraton. <laughs> you get, uh, back when I won these awards, uh -huh. you got a little tie clip kind of uh, well, medallion. Now it looks like a Tony Award. It's a statuette, you know. So I aspire to win the new improved Mac Award. Well, that'll be good. And you'll have to get a mantle, too. You can put it on yeah. the mantelpiece there. Uh, I'm working on the fireplace first. <laughs> <laughs> now, Jeff, you'll do another song for us Absolutely. if we ask and beg again, and Again, from our Vincent Minnelli show, uh, once again, a Broadway musical that he brought to the screen, a song by Burton Lane and Alan J. Lerner. Could anyone among us have an inkling or a clue? What magic feats of wizardry and voodoo you can do? And who would ever guess the powers you possess? And who would have the sense to change his views and start to mind his ESPs and Qs? And who would not be stunned to see you prove? There's more to us than surgeons can remove So much more than we ever knew So much more were we born to do Should you draw back the curtain This, I am certain You'll be impressed with you Oh 
eyes and look around you and you'll see who you are on a clear day how it will astound you that the glow of your being outshines every star you'll feel part of every mountain sea and shore you can hear from far and near a world you've never heard before and on a Jeff Harner. Jeff Harner with Alex Rybeck on the piano. Alex Rybeck at the piano. And we'll be talking more with Jeff in just a few moments after we take this break. And we've got with us here at our side Jeff Harner, who you've just heard sing uh, those great, great songs. Jeff, as we've mentioned, you're at uh, 88s, and you're there Wednesday through Saturdays. Um, we've got a number of tough questions for you here. Oh, number boy. one, <laughs> how do you put a show like that together? How do you choose the composers? Well, right now, we I have done seven of these themed shows, and mm -hmm. up until this point, I've absolutely picked subjects that I'm very passionate about. I, I grew up loving Vincent Minnelli movies, mm -hmm. so thus that show. Uh, Comden and Green have always delighted me with their humor, so I, I really wanted to do that as a show that I thought would be comedic and light and fun. Gershwin music is just always been a passion. You know, there you go. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way I put them together, I have a wonderful musical director who you heard at the piano, that was Alex Rybeck, mm -hmm. and I have a great theater director, Sarah Louise Lazarus, and actually a lot of Alex's credits are theater as well. Mm -hmm. So by working with theater people, I think it helps me get kind of a theatrical evening together and even though it is do this? does Alex have sheet music and you go through that Alex and pick stands out there with a gun <laughs> and he sing, sing. no uh, we each sort of go off once we've decided on what the subject is and do a little research and then come back and compare mm -hmm. notes um, I, I probably do the initial outline mm -hmm. and then they uh, help me hone it and edit and contribute What's what's the crowd favorite in your act? What uh, what is their particular Gershwin song for example that uh, they really want to hear? That 
a crowd favorite? Yeah, I mean, you, there must be one song every night that people go, that's the one, that's the one we came for. Oh, wow, that's an interesting question, because mm. uh, I like to think that the whole show is right. like the <laughs> Every one of them, everyone's um, a winner. I can tell you, I found a song that I'd never heard before yeah. called Just Another Rumba. Mm -hmm. It was sung originally by Ella Logan in the Goldwyn Follies, and it was cut out, and it's just delightful. So mm. that's one that we sort of resurrected that I think is lots of fun. All right. uh, but you'll hear Love Is Here To Stay, uh, Foggy Day in London Town, you know, all, a lot of stuff. So it is impossible to pick a favorite because they're, they're all good songs. Uh, Jeff, too, I should tell our radio listeners here, I'm noticing a little pin on your uh, oh, lapel. I'm very curious about this. It seems to be a gold angel. What is that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now now you're waiting for the profound story. Right, right, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm I'll take the think question back. Yeah, take that question back. No, it, it just has to do with the, the run that we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, as there are with any backers uh, on a Broadway show, there are backers for what I'm doing mm -hmm. downtown, and they're my cabaret angels. And ah. someone gave me this pin just so that I will know that there was always an angel on my shoulder. See, there is uh, a story behind every little There pin is, there. but it's a little bit precious. <laughs> 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 well, from here you go on. You're moving on. You're telling us you're going to be doing some uh, summer work. Right. Katie Sullivan. Yeah. Who you've also had on your show. Sure. Right uh, Katie Sullivan and I are going to do Stop the World. I want to get off. All right. Uh, where can we see you do that? Please come up to Stockbridge. That's where we'll be. Okay. Nice there. little vacation trip. Labor you can Day catch weekend. Jeff. You can catch Katie That's Labor Day right. weekend. I want to thank you for joining. Us here. It's been My really pleasure. nice having you. Jeff Harner, you can catch him down at 88s. He is there uh, with Alex uh, Rybeck, and they're there Wednesday through Saturdays. And you can look for his little angel pin. When <laughs> there you yeah. go. Jeff, thanks for joining us here on the Broadway right. Hour. Coming Thank up, you, Larry. Mimi Turk is here from Kiss of the Spider Woman, and we'll hear a little bit of her music as well, too, when we return to the Broadway Hour. Now we move along to the commercial section here of our program. We want to remind you that you can pick up a copy of Theater Week the next time you're at a newsstand. Every week, Theater Week tells you what's going on in the exciting world of theater. Theater Week takes you to Broadway, off-Broadway, and to stages all over the world. Every week, you'll find important news and inside information about the movers and shakers in the theatrical community. Theater Week introduces you to the actors and actresses, producers, directors, playwrights, and technical wizards who fill the American stage with brilliance every night. Now in its eighth year, Theater Week has established itself as must-reading for anyone who is serious about the theater. You'll read about tomorrow's leading talents in Theater Week today. And if you can't get to the theater every week, Theater Week will bring it to you. Pick up a copy at your local newsstand or consider subscribing, whether it's a special issue on the making of Sunset Boulevard or an issue that names the hundred most important people in the theater. Theater Week is a publication that you'll read from cover to cover. And we are back here on the Broadway Hour AM 93 WPAT. My name is Larry Sutton. With us, Mimi Turk. Mimi, welcome very much to the show. Thank you. Hi there. And if you have seen Kiss of the Spider Woman, which you should have seen by now or else shame on you, you know that uh, Mimi plays Molina's mother. And how did you get involved in the show? How did you get this role? That's a very good question. I'm still trying to <laughs> figure that one out. A friend in high <laughs> places. You know, so many people get these jobs that way now. <laughs> Actually, I worked for Hal Prince. Mm -hmm. um, only 30 years ago in, mm -hmm. in Fiddler on the Roof. And I don't know how my name came up for this, except that mm. for some reason, it, my picture was in the paper. I think it was in the news, along with Bette Midler's and mm -hmm. Tanya Everts. And the title of the picture in August was Rentienta. Oh, yeah, sure. I remember that. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I do, yeah. And I think maybe that jogged his memory, memory. Yeah. and like I called in for the audition, and I got, I got it the day I auditioned. 
Well, that's not a bad deal. Now, the thing I find amazing about Mimi is that this is hard to believe you're celebrating your golden anniversary in the theater because back when you were, I, I believe, at birth, right? Seconds, seconds after you were born, you were already on the stage in Broadway in Carousel. That's right. How could oh, that be? I'm only 39. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> I don't understand this. Well, you know, we have on the show a little later on a young fellow, John Griffith from uh, Arcadia, who was actually finishing high school and, and uh, being on the stage at the same time and I'm and you turned out marvelous you've turned out <laughs> you stayed you stayed right there in the in the theater profession and you're a theater teacher as well too so I guess it must be a good thing to be on the stage when you're a little kid huh uh, to be on the stage and to, to be uh, in carousel which yeah. is the show that I was in was uh more than good. It was mm-hmm. extraordinary. Did you have any concept of what was going on around? I mean, for a, a, someone so young, I mean, it's to, to know that you were in Carousel and you were on Broadway must have been difficult to overcome, huh? Uh, I didn't think of it that way. I know mm-hmm. I got to the show and there was this daytime there who called me Juliet. I called him Romeo and he would mm-hmm. g- give me a little ride on the on the Carousel before <laughs> the show started. And well, that's and a good deal. It was. Uh, Quite wonderful mm-hmm. to hear that Did you that get to music. see the recent production at, at Lincoln Center? Yes, and they did. did. What did it do? Bring back memories? or uh, yeah? Yes, of course, it, it evoked memories. But it, the, it, the productions were very different. Mm-hmm. Very, very different. The slant was different. The, um, my recollection is a child's recollection of eternal love between Julie and Billy. That. So as a kid, it sounded much more romantic, much more... Uh... It, I didn't think romance uh-huh. in five. Huh. Oh, who does? <laughs> it was... Uh, I just... I think I got the, the basic mm-hmm. important story that that love transcends personality. Wow. And that's what I think was the... Uh, a, That's what I thought. Not a bad deal. <laughs> um, now, in, in Spider-Woman, you've gone through, um, I shouldn't say gone through, but there's been uh, one cast change while you've been in there. Right now, uh, the, the Spider-Woman is Maria Conchita Alonso, uh-huh. and you've also worked, and in fact, recorded on the uh, cast album uh, with the prior woman. We've already forgotten her name, Vanessa. What? No, Vanessa. Vanessa right. <laughs> is there any yeah. difference? Do you, because obviously everyone's a different actor and actress, but once you've got the role down pat and you know in your mind what you're doing, do you have to react to a different a change in a cast like that? Well, I don't do very much with the Spider-Woman mm-hmm. myself. Right. Uh, the, both of them are quite wonderful mm-hmm. and warm and kind and sturdy. I mean, they're just... And you know, when at the top, when someone is really nice, it just... Everybody else is very happy. And yeah. Yeah, so interesting. Marie- they're alike in, in that they're both very kind mm-hmm. people. So Maria's a nice person and no backstage temper tantrums or anything nah. like that. Good. <laughs> no. You know, Mimi Turk is also, you're a drama coach as well. Uh-huh. And I, this is the thing that I love. When you're on stage, you've always got to have that coach in you or the uh, the teacher in you, I suppose. Do you see little things that other people are doing and, and you say, you know, I could I could help them? Then, no, no, I'm too busy worrying if uh-huh. I'm screwing up. <laughs> no, no. no, I turn all that off. Really? <laughs> Definitely. See, to me, it would be an uncontrollable urge. It's like, what, to, uh, to fix know, it? Sure, to fix little things like that. But I also know that uh, because everyone's so good, uh, they're all professionals, otherwise they wouldn't be up there on the stage, that criticism must be a little bit, and constructive criticism I'm talking about, might be a little hard to take. When, when you're off stage, when you're working as a, as a drama coach, do you find that, how do you overcome that? 
overcome with? I think that that a lot of actors, they're they're very good and they've got very big egos in the sense that they know they're good and they project well and they've got that. But Uh you're there to help them. So you're there to say, yes, you're good, but this this and this can be improved. How do you, do you get any resistance when you tell them that? Um, Yes, Uh and I am much clearer and tougher when I'm a teacher than Mm -hmm. when I'm actually doing it myself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then, you know, then it's a whole other issue. And Mm -hmm. I try to apply. I learned a lot from teaching. Mm -hmm. And what what have you picked up? What do you think by teaching? You you said, man, I I can improve myself. Is there a technique or a... Uh, Is there a technique for doing the work? Is there anything in the course of your teaching that you realized you could help yourself with? Definitely. And what would that be? Well... Uh, I always tell them to relax, mm-hmm. and I give relaxation exercises. And then when I find my shoulders up around my ears, I, I say, "Hey, look, doctor, heal yourself." <laughs> I think we could all use a little bit of that. In fact, I'm going to take a lesson from you just as soon as this is over here. Nah, you're very relaxed. Uh, nah, it's all an act. <laughs> no. Um, what do you, I, I'm curious too. I like to find out how do you spend your days. I mean, the the, the rigors of Broadway are so demanding that you've got to be there uh, eight times a week. You, you've got the hours are they're long hours that you put in. What do you do off hours? What do you do in the daytimes? Well, at about the same time that I got into Kiss, mm-hmm. I got into the BMI uh, Layman Angle workshop as a lyricist. So ah. I've been I spend the other part of my time. Well, attempting to write lyrics at the same time. Well, that know, I, we have Charles Strauss is coming up here in a moment or two. Maybe we can grab a tip from him later on. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> fact, do you have term papers that you have to do in that yeah, project? Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, maybe we get him to do a little bit of that. Well, yeah. that would be great. Are you interested in writing your own musical? Is that it? Or, uh-huh. uh-huh. And what, what kind of uh, general overall theme would you like to write about? That's a very good question. Yeah. Uh, I, I can just tell you that what interests me uh, is time change. Mm-hmm. Uh, or folding in of time, mm-hmm. and Carousel was a, uh, a great figure for me mm-hmm. in that. Uh, I feel really very lucky. Yeah, you know. Well, I can see that. Now, do you think there's not enough of the old traditional boy meets girl, boy, boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back again uh, on Broadway? Do you think it's become too complex now? I mean, Spider Woman is a very complex story. I think it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. wonderful story, and it's about. It's about a, it's multi-level, yes. but but the most important thing for me is that it's about the uh, ability of a human being mm-hmm. through his imagination to uh, change his life. Mm-hmm. You know, change his literal circumstances and also change his internal right. circumstances. Now, I think it, and they do it so gorgeously. You know, Prince is a genius. Oh, absolutely. And Candor and Ed, and I mean, they're great. Okay, and now to let our uh, few listeners who haven't seen Spider-Woman yet know what they're missing, so if they'll run over there to the theater and catch it, we're going to play one of the songs that you sing in the show, and perhaps you could introduce it for us. Uh, I believe it's uh, Dear One, and set it up. How does that? How does it appear in the show? Well, uh, Molina, uh, played by Howard McGillan, is in prison uh, with Valentin uh, Mm-hmm. who is uh, Brian Mitchell, and he's trying to help Valentine to overcome the horrors of being in this prison, and he tells him to think about someone that you love, someone that means something to you, and he says, believe it or not, there's a woman that I love, it's my mother, 
and he begins to evoke his mother. And that's how Dear One starts. And then Melina enters into this fantasy and evokes Marta, mm. Kirsty Carnahan. And then we appear as fantasies and we help each other. Okay, and from that, we'll hear Dear One, and we'll hear it, the voice of uh, Mimi Turk. And Mimi, thank you so much for joining us here on the Broadway. It's been oh, a pleasure. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, Mimi Turk, catch her and kiss of the Spider Woman, everyone. And here's Dear One. Peace. 
uh, Gershwin used to play for Porter, who played for Noel Coward, who played for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And everyone used to sit around in Hollywood at Ira Gershwin's house and listen to Harold Arlen's latest score. Sounds great. It does sound great. <laughs> Nobody does it anymore, and I don't know why. I mean, we're competitive, but mm -hmm. we know each other very well. I you mean, think you could, you could kick it off maybe, a little invite, get a few of the guys over and say... Uh, uh, I spoke to uh, some people about it. They said, I'd really love to do it. They said, call me. <laughs> well, it's that old uh, showbiz. Uh, I don't know what how, to, how we'd phrase it there, but there's a little something going on there, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, again... Uh, and, as you say, you, you've composed so many of the great uh, uh, songs from so many great musicals. The name Annie comes to mind. Of course, Applause comes to mind and uh, all these things. I've got to ask, I know it's the dumb question people always ask people who write songs. What's first? It's like chicken or the egg. Words or the lyrics? What, what, what comes first? Um, well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was not going to give a serious answer to it. but <laughs> okay. uh, it really It really does depend. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, I've worked with so many lyricists, which is one of the reasons they ask me to do lyrics mm -hmm. and lyricists, because I'm known mainly as a composer. But they're all different. Uh, uh, Sammy Kahn liked to work in a room with me. He had a great deal of facility. Uh, Alan Lerner uh, would often give me a lyric first. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lee Adams and I work very closely together. Mm -hmm. Martin Charnin almost insisted that I write the music, and then he would <laughs> take that home with him <laughs> on a tape. And uh, uh, there are so many. Uh, Richard Maltby, uh, I would say the same way. Richard liked to mm -hmm. uh, sit with a tape that I made of a song and just work at home. When did, when did disagreements arise? Now, I'm thinking specifically of Sammy Khan, who I, I knew a little bit. I would see him here and there, and I used to interview him every now and then for the news. And there was a guy who he had his mind straight, he was set on what he wanted, and boom, you were going to hear it. It would seem to me to be to get a collaboration going with two people who really know what they're doing. Does someone have to give? Well, uh, one agrees to disagree. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's part of the process. If you're married, mm -hmm. you, you might recognize the process. Yes, uh, very simply. Uh, and I would say, I'm being serious about it, you know, you want to support that person. You want to elicit the best work from that person you mm -hmm. can. And conversely, you want to be made to feel very uh, comfortable that, uh, uh, that you know, you can be, be a fool and that person will, you know, listen to you and all. So it's an agreement to disagree. Sammy was very good in that way, but, you know, he was older than, mm -hmm. uh, than I. And uh, uh, so I did defer, you know, there were, but that, as, a, as I say, that happens in a marriage too. You know, somebody's a little bit stronger sometimes. You, de you defer, it, you lose battles, you mm -hmm. don't lose the war. Uh, he knew his mind, but on the other hand, uh, being so confident, he was all, also very quick to change his mind if he recognized mm -hmm. a better idea. And that was the way we worked. Not bad. When you're writing a musical, um, I'm trying to, again, figure where does it, everything start? How does it get together? Do you, do you have a couple of good tunes first and say, you know, if I put this together, I can sort of see a link and maybe we can make something out of it? Does it work that uh, way? There's a, there's a little bit of that sometimes. I mean, every songwriter would like to have a hit song, and mm -hmm. maybe there is something in the, uh, in the trunk. But uh, usually you sit with scenes and characters and figure out their rhythms and... Uh, their emotional essence in a sense and, and kind of uh, let that be reflected in the way you might think of uh, think of that person at a certain moment in the play and everybody's instinct is different mm -hmm. and uh, people are geniuses about it and some people are very uh, uh, 
uninnovative about it. It's, it varies. Where do you get inspiration? Do you have to go somewhere? Do you have to sit on a park bench, or can you? Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting with Hadassah. Well, Hadassah, Marshall, I'll, I'll one, give of my, some, one, <laughs> one of my greatest inspirations. Uh, <laughs> She told, she told you to ask that question, oh, right? No. Yeah. You know that she's not disagreeing yeah. at no, all. No, of course. That. Why should she? She knows it. <laughs> Does it come at any given time, or do you have to sit down and work? Is it uh, a job? Well, uh, it, uh, I, I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm get serious just about it. Little questions. Yeah. Give me a funny I, I don't. Sure. I, I don't. And most uh-huh. most professional uh, composers don't work from inspiration per se. Mm-hmm. They they work because they're trained in the in the technique of music, and usually usually things that are inspired. Uh, are usually things you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, not always, but uh, the, the best composers, I think, sit, sketch, alter, uh, turn around, think about, mm-hmm. ruminate, put the end at the beginning, the beginning at the end, and uh, and then throw it out and start all over again. I mean, that's yeah. really what it's about. All right. What are you working on now? What's coming up next with you? Well, I have a number of projects. Uh, I, I've uh, recently finished a new musical that I've written by myself, mm-hmm. which um, uh, a producer is just uh, picking up now. And I recently, um, along with Lee Adams, uh, acquired the rights to uh, Theodore Dreiss's An American Tragedy, and we've hmm. begun on that. Wow, that should be a lot of work. I mean, that sounds very yeah. intriguing. Yeah, uh, it is, well. I think. All right, and we should mention, too, of course, once again, because Hadassah's oh, here, we want to get these, I'm here. these plugs in. That's true. I, I can't even get, get in. It's so <laughs> so stocked with uh, Liza. I'll Monroe. tell you what we'll do. Maybe we'll take a quick break. And Charles, uh, you've been kind enough to volunteer to play something for us at the piano. I didn't volunteer. No, you didn't volunteer. Hadassah Major, she twisted your arm. <laughs> twisted your arm. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll come back. We'll get one more plug in there for the 92nd Street Wire, else uh, Hadassah will kill us. And we'll hear from some music from Charles Strauss, so stay tuned. In 1927, Broadway musical theater changed forever with the opening of Jerome Kern and Oscar Hammerstein II's triumphant musical, Showboat. Now, Showboat is once again making theater history, nominated for 10 Tony Awards, including Best Revival of a Musical and Best Director. Showboat is a masterpiece of musical theater. Showboat, recreated by director Harold Prince, now playing at the Gershwin Theater. For tickets, call 212-307-4100. Showboat, imagine it's greater than you've ever imagined. Sponsored by Canadian Airlines. Okay, we return here to the Broadway Hour, and as promised, Charles Strauss is at the piano, and we're going to have uh, Hadassah give one more plug for the time, the bl- the place, the date where you can hear some of the great lyrics and lyricists of all time. Well, don't forget that our gala, which is going to be, which is the lyrics and lyricists gala, and it's under the direction of Maurice Levine, mm-hmm. the artistic direction of Maurice Levine, is going to be on a Monday evening, May twenty second, at the ninety second Street Y, and. Uh, for tickets, a few are still left. Uh, the number is 212-415-5488. The tickets are $250 and up. Okay. We so hope start we'll saving. see you there. <laughs> and now at the piano, Charles Strauss is here, and, and we'll get an example of some of those great uh, lyrics. Gray skies are going to clear up. Put on a happy 
your face Brush off the clouds and cheer up Put on a happy face Take off that gloomy mask of tragedy It's not your style You look so good that you'll be glad you decided to smile Pick out a pleasant outlook Stick out that noble chin Wipe off that full of doubt look Slap on a happy grin And spread sunshine all over the place Just put on a happy face Charles Strauss, thank you so much. Coming up, we've got some of the great stars from Arcadia here. So if you uh, go away, you're going to miss them. So don't go away. We shall return to the Broadway Hour. Have you seen An Inspector Calls? It's the one show that everyone's talking about. Talking about a cast of 20 remarkable performers headed by Sean Phillips, Nicholas Woodson, Roy Cooper, and Maxwell Caulfield. About rain that pours magically from above and sends chills up your spine. About music that's powerful and haunting. About sets that heave and tumble. About heart-stopping thrills that come with each tick of the clock. An inspector calls. Vincent Canby of the New York Times wrote, Exhilarating, this memorable production restores life by administering a whale of a jolt. It deserves to run for a very long time. And Jan Stewart of Newsday said simply, The number one best show of the year. It has to be seen to be believed. Listen to the talk of the town. See an inspector calls. Winner of four Tony Awards at the Royale Theater. Call Telecharge 212-239-6200. And we are back here on the Broadway Hour. As promised, straight from the big hit Arcadia, we have Lisa Baines here and John Griffin here. And Lisa and John, thanks so much for joining us here. And as uh, Kate McGrath, our producer, was asking uh, just before, if you've seen Arcadia, you know they jump back and forth between centuries. And here we've got two uh, folks who look very 20, uh, even 21st century, perhaps. Me, well, I, I, I was hoping for 18th. <laughs> but, <I'm... laughs> but is it confusing? That, that play, I'll tell you, the, the words in it, the language, it really gets you thinking and it gets you, uh, uh, your mind's got to be working 24 hours when you go see it. Is it difficult to play, I mean, to jump back and forth between those two eras? Well, uh, my character doesn't go. That's mine, true, Only yes, in the yes, 19th century, true, yes. so the only my only difficulty is that my corset's too tight, yes, so that's lady, basically... There, yes. <laughs> John is the but one John who goes, goes back, back and, and forth. And forth. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not really that hard because um, it's just a different frame of mind, uh, and especially since Gus doesn't speak, it's uh, it's easy to make the transition. Um, it's really just a change in costume and a change in attitude because, mm -hmm. um, because uh, my second character, Augustus, is a uh, is a very regal, very straightforward man who is just a matter of standing taller and feeling superior, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and you do it so well. Oh, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> now, Lisa Baines is a, an aristocrat from uh, the year is 1809, I believe. Do you have to do study or research, or do you, do you look up historical documents to oh, see yeah, what the people... Oh, yeah, I've you know, read a lot of Jane Austen uh -huh, to get yeah. in the mood and things like that. And actually, our first four days of rehearsal, Trevor Nunn, mm -hmm. our director, and Tom Stoppard, the playwright... 
spent four days talking about the history and really? what exactly everything meant and, of course, all the math and all that kind of thing. I know. <laughs> we all <laughs> sort of <laughs> drift from time to time, but, but, but understood a well, lot you know, of you it. You say drift, but I tell you, watching it, I'm sitting there and I'm going, man, I, you know, you have to pay attention. Oh, and yeah. it's great, but that's, I think, exactly what theater should be doing for you. It yes. is making pay attention. Yes. How did you both wind up with these roles? Maybe, Lisa, you tell us first how you uh, got into this Golly, play. I, I, I live in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. although I, I went to Juilliard here and worked here for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got on a plane. <laughs> and <laughs> there it was, the role was waiting and for And boom <laughs> A couple of auditions later, that oh, was that's it. Bad. Yeah. And now, uh, what I really want to hear, I, I alluded to this during the break, uh, John has got a deal here. He's got the best scam I think I've ever worked on. <laughs> because you are a high school student, yes. but yet you're here working on Broadway, mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. arranging mm-hmm. some kind of credit deal with this? Well, um, well, it all started two summers ago. I was working at William Morris, um, mm-hmm. reading, uh, feeding lines to um, actors who were auditioning, <laughs> and uh, and someone heard my line reading and said, well, how would you like to come up and do auditions? Uh-huh. And I was auditioning through high school, taking days off here and there. Uh, I'll admit it now, but... Um, <laughs> but uh, but I'm doing different auditions for different things, and someone handed me Arcadia. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll go for this. And um, I went on the audition, and it was really the first audition that I re- ever felt that I really did well on. I really mm-hmm. grasped it. And uh, and the rest is history. And there you Here are. Here I am with now, uh, now. mom. <laughs> Soon to be going to Princeton next Well, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Well, that's very good. A great yeah. school. Mm-hmm. And I must say, I went to college at the uh, State School Rutgers right down the road from Princeton. Excellent. And in mm-hmm. fact, while I was there, they've since given it up, but it used to be the big football rivalry, rivalries between uh, Princeton and Rutgers. And we always resented it because our team would always beat Princeton. But mm-hmm. there was a, a remark one of the players said, well, you beat us now, but you'll be working for us when you get out of school. <laughs> so we hated those guys from Princeton, but I'm Ooh. sure you'll be different. <laughs> <laughs> going to change the world. <laughs> uh, now, do you have to write a term paper for uh, yes, uh, based yes. on Arcadia? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, um, uh, my school, Hackley School in Terrytown, um, released me from my responsibilities because they're I think they're awfully overjoyed to hear that <laughs> that, I, that I got to play. But um, but um, so um, they let me go. But mm-hmm. I have to write a paper, and I'm writing a paper about my experiences with um, with Lisa and Arcadia. And now, Lisa, do you help them out? Do you help them out? Do you uh, help them little crib notes in the back there? And then that wonderful person took me aside. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, you're not going to write the real story of this stage, John? This I, I want to read that. We all want to read this. <laughs> you should publish maybe it. when you do it, you can come back here. We'll have a little reading on the radio. We can do best excerpts from your experience on Broadway. <laughs> but but it's too soon. And as soon as it's in, um, as soon as it's in, it's off to college. Well, that's and, not and the rest of the play. Great. Not a bad deal. <laughs> now, Lisa, when you were going to school, were you as uh, involved in theater, or did this come to you? Uh, were you? Did you always want to do it ever since you oh, were a yeah, wee little kid? Yeah, or? I'm one of those ones who came out of the womb. Uh-huh. Exactly what it's the only thing I've ever done. Really? Yeah. Well, that's not um, bad. Okay. And what? Did, how did you make the leap from uh, high school or college or whatever, getting into professional theater? Well, actually, I <clears throat> I grew up in Colorado, and mm-hmm. I went to school in St. Louis for mm-hmm. a couple of years, and a gentleman named Gene Lesser, who was a teacher at the Juilliard School, was out directing a, The Crucible, and I played mm. one of the girls in it, and he said, you should go to Juilliard. Yeah, and he good said, advice. And I said, okay. 
And so I applied, and, and he helped me get in. And, and voila, yeah. there you are, the acting career. Then you got on that plane, and you got the part. And, <laughs> the show yeah, business is so isn't simple. Isn't that amazing? It, it is, is so simple. simple. <laughs> My goodness, I've never realized that before. Yeah. I assure but you. Now our listeners know, too, Lisa, you've done a lot of work back and forth between not only the, the stage, but uh-huh. also in the theater and, and on television. Uh-huh. And I'm always curious about, I guess I would, I would as a layman call it, the projection levels. Yeah. You know, when you're on stage, you really got to emote and get yeah, those words oh, yes, out there. Yeah. But if you do that on television, Actually, you're a little overpowered. In, in all the television and movies I've done, sound men are always overjoyed mm-hmm. when you speak up. <laughs> You'd be surprised <laughs> because so many people sort of mumble. Mm-hmm. But actually, uh, it, it's 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 good to speak up. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> absolutely. Have yeah. you noticed too? I mean, it just seems television at these days is overwhelmed with Broadway people. I mean, oh, everywhere yes. you look, you yeah. see it's all this. I remember that guy from the play two years oh, ago, sure. or three years ago, or four years. I mean, ago. that's that's what I hope that just mm-hmm. our country is going to go more toward what they do. In England, I mean, you're not looked at as a theater person or a TV person or a movie person. You're an actor. Mm-hmm. And actually, I I love the idea of going back and forth between all the mediums because it, it's so interesting. Oh, yeah. And it, and it really keeps you fresh. And I always want to go back to the theater because that is that is the actor's medium. But um, it's, it's lots of fun to do film. That's true. But if you want to see theater, you should see this show because I have to read you the quote from yes, Howard Kitzel, who's indeed. our theater reviewer, who says that Lisa is, quote, Absolutely delicious. Do you believe that? Absolutely delicious. Hey, Chris and Howard, I love you too. <laughs> um, what? How do you? How do you plan for what you're going to do next? I always think that it's difficult to be an actor because, unlike a fellow like me who works in the newspapers or radio, I know that as long as the place is still in business, I'll have a job there tomorrow and I can stay there as long as I want. But we all know plays have finite runs, and how do you scout? Your next job, basically, while you're working a Prayer. job. Where do, you find, <laughs> where do you find the no. time? Uh, well, you know, a- after a play is open, mm-hmm. your days are, are free. And, yeah. and after you've dragged out of bed around 10 or 11, <laughs> you've got all sorts of time to audition. So actually, uh, uh-huh. you know, and the good thing is a lot of people see you and uh, casting people and all that sort of thing. So it <laughs> makes your agent's job a lot easier. And uh, The other thing I love to ask actors, too, is do, do members of the audience ever confuse you with the character you play now you play this aristocratic woman who might be a little uh, easy is not the word that comes to mind but uh, <laughs> I think easy is the easy word that describes the word that it though absolutely uh, no one would ever say that about me uh, uh, you For know, those of you without televisions here, she is turning red right now, even as we're speaking. So we've got full-color radio my, here. my second actress. Uh, uh, no, because there's such a leap, and mm-hmm. people, unless they hear me speak, usually don't even know. Right. Oh, you were... Oh, my goodness, why? I had no idea. So mm-hmm. it's it's actually fun, because you can no. sort of sneak around and oh, that is true, yeah. hear people. I, I, I often walk home and listen yeah. to people talk yeah. about the oh, play. Really? It's so much fun. All right, theater goers, watch out. You're going to find Lisa Bean. <laughs> is right behind you there. that slinking figure behind you. <laughs> uh, John, have you had any of your uh, fellow students come by and see you? Uh, well, in, actually, in not not many. Uh-huh. I had um I had one very good friend at high school yeah. who um who I invited backstage mm-hmm. and um and he came and saw the play. Um, my friends have not come back yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I hope to change that soon. I just asked ask because would you be nervous? I know if I were in high school and I were doing something, and doing it very well as, as you do on stage. Oh, but you. you know, but you're 
there's always that peer pressure of you know guys you grew up with they go ah that's just John. You know? <laughs> well, the funny thing was is I never really never really had a problem with stage fright except for um I actually become more nervous doing high school plays mm -hmm. than I do doing this because when you do a play at the 15 Beaumont, most of the people out there you do not know. Right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> when, so it takes a little pressure. When you off, when you good. run a high school play, there's there's girls you want to impress. Sure. There's people you know. You know. There's people mm -hmm. looking at you like. Who is this guy? You know what I mean? And, and you tend to get more nervous actually in high school. Um, now, have you impressed any girls here? Maybe I should ask Lisa when she sees what goes on backstage there. Are they, are they at, is, it, is there a female equivalent oh, of the stage door Johnny? That's what I want to know. Oh, yes, oh there all right. Now we're getting is. into it. There certainly is. All right. Is. Now, John is turning red. We've achieved our goal of embarrassing both our guests here. <laughs> um, how how involved after after the show starts and you've gotten all your directions and Trevor Nunn is does he stick around and, and keep you fresh or are you on your own once he goes? No, mm -hmm. once once this play is open, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's it's as Ethel Merburn used to say, it's bird's eye. Yeah. It's <laughs> and, uh, uh, and Trevor, as you know, is a worldwide director, so he he uh, he split. Okay, right but he afterwards. split but left it in good hands because I've got to say, if you haven't seen it, go now to the Vivian it Beaumont is. Theater where you can see Arcadia. And I'll tell you, it's a play that makes you think, and it's enjoyable. I'll tell you, there are a lot of lines, a lot of great language puns that go in it, and some great acting from Lisa Baines and John Griffin. And I want to thank both of you for joining us thank here on the Broadway Hour. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm. All right, Lisa and John, thanks so much. Coming up, we have got the music of Irving Fields, and you don't want to miss that, so stick around for the Broadway Hour after this. And we return here to the Broadway Hour. Stick around because we've got Irving Fields here. He's got a show coming up at Havana, Rio on Sunday, May 21st. But because he likes you, the listeners of the Broadway Hour, you'll hear a little sample right here in just a few moments. But now, time for our Broadway update. The Broadway update is brought to you by the Theater Development Fund. And we can tell you that Jackie Mason is saying goodbye to Broadway. His show, Politically Incorrect, closes June 4th. That's 13 months after it opened. You may recall there was quite a ruckus last year when the Tony Awards Committee did not ask Jackie to serve as a presenter. There's no word on whether he'll suffer a similar slight this year, but we hope he'll be up there on stage. Uh, the producers of the complete works of William Shakespeare, abridged, are doing their best for mass transit. Anyone buying a full-price ticket at the Westside Theater box office this week will receive six free subway tokens. Now that's a deal. That is in honor of National Transportation Week. The producers of Greece were nice enough to add an extra performance of the show last Monday night. Profits went to benefit the Actors Fund of America. And we can tell you, too, that we'd be remiss unless we congratulated our, our recent uh, Broadway Hour guest who snared Tony nominations uh, last week. Uh, the best of luck to Terrence McNally of Love, Valor, and Compassion, Cherry Jones of The Heiress, Victor Trey Cook, B.J. Crosby, and Brenda Saxon of Smoky Joe's Cafe. And remember, folks, you heard him here on the Broadway Hour. Uh, Dorothy Loudon, Gavin McLeod, Ron Raines, Tony Randall, and Len Cariou are among those taking part in a tribute to Burton Lane at Town Hall last week. Austin Pendleton and Lynn Thigpen are shaking things up at the Circle Rep next season. Among their offerings, Riff Raff, a new play directed by, written by, and starring Lawrence Fishburne. And uh, we can tell you, too, that the Broadway musical Tommy will be calling it quits on September 2nd, but don't feel bad for the cast. They're going to pull up stakes, move over to London, and they will continue at the Shaftesbury Theater there in October. And finally, mark this date on your calendars. The Hundreds of Hats, a musical reviewing the lyrics of Howard Ashman, begins performances at the WPA Theater on May 25th. Now, this word from the Theater Development Fund. And the winner of this week's trivia contest gets two tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers, where we tape the Broadway Hour every Thursday from 4 to 5, so come on by next week and see us. This week's question, 
considering her battles with Andrew Lloyd Webber, her diss and makeup scene with her understudy at Sunset Boulevard, and her engagement to the show's carpenter. Some might say that Glenn Close has brought a bit of the circus to Broadway. Well, a few years ago, she did a star in a circus-related show. What was the name of that show? So what was the circus-related show that Glenn Close starred in a few years back on Broadway? If you know the answer, write to us here at the Broadway Hour, WPAT. 1396 Broad Street, Clifton, New Jersey, 07013. Last week, we asked you uh, a question. We said that in 1948, this actor won a Tony for his performance in the original production of The Heiress. Who was that fellow? Well, Vincent Delgado of Ozone Park, Queens, knew the answer. The answer, of course, Basil Rathbone. Well, congratulations, Vincent. You win two tickets to a great show and dinner for two right here at the Sheraton. And now, as promised, keeping the best for last, we've got Irving Fields here at the piano. Irving has got a show coming up Sunday, May 21st, from 7 to 11 at Havana, Rio. And Irving, tell us a little bit about the show. Well, Larry, this is a one-night special, Mm -hmm. and it's celebrating my 40th anniversary of being in show business. Ah, Let me see. I, I started when I was seven years old. Uh, well, anyway, dog years, dog years. Uh, it, it'll be a lot of fun. We expect a lot of celebrities. Uh, we send invitations to Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. I play her parties and uh, Donald Trump, my former boss. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm here Tuesday through Saturday. So this is a one night special Sunday, May 21st at the Havana Rio Supper Club. It's which, on, uh, where is it? Oh, it's, it's on 1711 Broadway, which just happens to be on the yeah, corner. 54th of 54th Street and Broadway, right around the corner. Anyway, uh, due to the fact that, uh, I'll be playing in this Latin sort of a place uh, for dinner dancing with my trio, which is rather unique. Uh, I haven't done that in a long time because I'm here as a single pianist. Uh, I think I would like to be very appropriate in playing something Latin for that special night, Sunday, May 21st. So here is my arrangement of Kumana, which means in English, Kumana, whatever that means. (laughs) Irving Fields at the piano. Thanks to our guest, Jeff Harner. You can catch him at 88th through June 17th. Mimi Turk from The Kiss of the Spider Woman at the Broadhurst Theater. Charles Strauss of Annie and Applause and All Those Broadway Hits. Lisa Baines and John Griffin from Arcadia at the Vivian Beaumont Theater. And the great Irving Fields, who you can hear playing even as we speak. Sunday, May 21st at Havana Rio on Broadway. Coming up next week, a salute to New Jersey Theater. I'd like to thank our sponsor, the Sheraton New York Hotel and Towers. Thanks to our producer, Kate McGrath, our engineer, Chris Greenbelt, the technicians at Projection Video and Audio, and the folks at Sabine Electronics and Triton Galleries. This is Larry Sutton of the New York Daily News, your host for the Broadway Hour. Catch you next week.
Thank you.